morning, everyone. Hallelujah. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today. I'll thank three of you anyway. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. I just looked up and I saw Titus and Carly sitting there. Amen. If you don't believe in miracles, just talk to those guys after church, and they'll let you they'll let you in on a good miracle that happened in their life last week. Hallelujah! It's good to see you guys. I'm glad I'm not up here doing a eulogy. Amen. Amen. I just uh, I'm just trying to grab my my bearings right now. I every now and then in worship, I kind of go over the edge. And I lose my place in reality. And, and this morning when, when Pastor Porter and Sarah started singing, all my life he's been faithful. I just, I kind of got lost in the moment there. And I don't think I've fully recovered yet. I just kind of went over the edge there and I, and I camped out there for a little bit. Um, how many can really say all your life he's been faithful? It's not, it's not that everything in your life was good, but David said it best. He said, the theme of my life has been good. Not everything in my life was good, but if you did a highlight reel of my life and look back over that highlight reel, you would find out that there was more good than there was bad. I was thinking about that. Uh, my wife today, she's in Lake City. We're going to be, we're, a lot of us, my pastoral team and I, we're going to be driving up there right after church today. We got meetings all day tomorrow for our leadership one day in our network, and then I've got meetings Monday night, and then I got meetings all day Tuesday, and then we drive back home Tuesday night. But um, my wife was up there, and she called me yesterday, and she said, do you realize that uh, one year ago today, which was yesterday, my mom passed on? And, and I said, no, I didn't even realize that. And I was in worship for whatever reason, I mean, I wasn't thinking about that, but, but God just, when we hit that song there, God brought that up, and, and I just remembered that, that a year ago, Karen's mom had passed away. Five months later, my dad passed away. Five months later after that, my bishop passed away. And so it was like in second before I could even catch my breath, I've lost three of the most precious people in my life. And all I could sit there during the song was not think about the bad, but think about even in the midst of tragedy tragedy and death, God is still faithful. In the midst of everything that we can't understand or put together, He's still faithful. He's a faithful God in every season of our life. Amen. Come on, if you just really believe that, can you just throw your hands up there and just praise the Lord one time because he's a faithful God. Amen. He's a faithful God. He's a faithful God. Let me just take a moment and and, uh, give you a couple updates. Uh, Last Sunday morning, we received an offering for the Ukraine. As I've told you last week, uh, I preached in the Ukraine. uh, In fact, Michael Johnson and I, where's Michael at? I saw Michael. There's Michael. Michael and I, we went to, I don't know, probably a half a dozen different cities while we were there. And I preached in different churches. We had crusades. In fact, 
I think Michael Johnson got probably the strongest touch of God on his life. He got laid out in the Holy Ghost, and he was up underneath the chairs for hours. I couldn't even find him after the meeting. He was still laid out up underneath the chairs. And, uh, but, but last week, we raised an offering here because I've got pastor friends there that they've sent their wives and their children to Poland, and they're ministering to the men on the front lines right now. And they're just trying to help the wounded and the needy. And they're trying to evacuate all the children that they can. But anyway, we sent an offering there for $3,000 last week. So thank you guys. Thank you guys for helping out in that. Total, our whole network, our network of churches, we've sent nearly $50,000 over there. In one week's time. In one week's time. So we just praise God for that. Thank you for helping us do those things because we're really, that's... That's frontline ministry, and we're helping people who don't have the means of it. Even as Pastor Carlos shared, with the economy just, just all jacked up, and banks are closing down, and just but but these monies that we sent, it's not going through a third party. We we've got access to the accounts of the people that we're working with, and we direct it. We, we do direct deposits right into their account, so it's not going to some other funding or whatever. We are helping people with every dollar that we send over there. So praise God for that. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I got a couple things I think I want to share with you this morning that, um, that I believe it's, it's kind of weird for me because I probably wouldn't have chose this particular topic in this particular season. Uh, I literally worked all day yesterday on a vein that, I, that I've been working on and just trying to stay in it. I know last week, Pastor Vanessa preached on Next Level, and that was like part three of the two previous services that I preached on Next Level, or, or Level Changers is what we called it. That was the title of the series, Level Changers. So i just kind of been in that vein, and uh, all day yesterday, and then all the way up until midnight last night, knowing that the clock was going to go ahead an hour, so that put me at one o'clock in the morning, knowing I had to get up at 4.30 this morning. That just makes it for a short night. And I'm just like, Lord, you have to, because my heart was stirred. And then I just uh, got up early this morning and was just praying through some things. And God put these scriptures in my heart. And, and I want to release it over your life today. Will that be all right? And so it's, 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 there, there's, there's some material in there that you may have heard before. But there's things in here that, that I want to work with. Uh, and I feel like, I feel like a, a fat man caught in the barbed wire fence today because I'm going to have, I'm preaching like a fat man caught in the barbed wire fence today because I'm going to have a point here and a point there. It's just going to be a point everywhere. That's the way it's going to work out today. Amen. So come on, stand to your feet and grab your Bibles this morning and look at somebody next to you and say, I'm so glad you made it today. Hallelujah. So glad you made it today. Psalms chapter 1. We'll go to Psalms chapter 1. Ooh, there's a residue of God's presence in this building today. We had to sing until the fire got here because y'all came in cold. Hallelujah. Psalms chapter 1, beginning in verse number 1. It says, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or one translation says the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners, 
nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. And he will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season. And its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. Notice that there is a place, there's a people that will be firmly planted. Somebody shout planted. Planted by the streams of the Holy Spirit. Streams of water which yield in its seasons a fruit. And its leaf does not wither. And whatever he does, he prospers. Look at somebody and say, you got to go a little higher now. You got to go a little higher. Now look with me, if you would, just jump over into Psalms. Again, Psalms 84. Psalms 84. Did you bring your Bibles this morning? All four of you did. I appreciate that. Did you bring your device this morning? Okay, that's a little louder, so that's good. That's good. You should never come to church without your Bible. (laughs) Or your device that has your Bible in it. Okay, got a few more amens right there. You should always come to church with a Bible. Let's just do a quick poll. How many's got the printed page? These are the people that go on the first load. (laughs) These are the people that make it to heaven on the first load, the one that's got the real Bible. Look look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor and say, I hope you got your Bible. You're going to have to catch an Uber or something. All right. so, So who's got your device? Raise your hand. Oh, I think the device out, out. I think the device won. I think the device has it. All right, let's just pray the internet don't go out. Just pray the internet go. Can you imagine being in the Ukraine right now where there's no internet, no services, and things like that, and you don't have your Bible? Can you imagine what that life would be like right now? I said, no, I can't imagine. <laughs> okay, Psalms 84. Okay, just that's terrible. Psalms 84. Psalms 84, verse number 1. How lovely are your dwelling places. Oh, that's, that's where I'm stuck, right there, places. How lovely are your dwelling places, O Lord of hosts. My soul long and even yearn for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. The bird also has found a house and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young or lay her eggs. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Verse number four. How blessed are those who dwell in the house. Somebody shout the house. How blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are praising you and giving ear, O Jacob. Look with me in verse number 10. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand outside. 
I'm going to wait on a good amen right there. One day in his presence, one day in the courts of our Lord is better than a thousand outside. And I would rather stand at the threshold of the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. Hallelujah. It says, how lovely are your dwelling places. Verse number one there. This is what I want to talk to you about. This is why it's so weird. I want to talk to you this morning about the power of place. The power of place. Tap somebody next to you and tell them you're in the right place. Come on, tell them you're in the right place at the right time. Amen. You're at the right place at the right time at the right moment right now. Amen. 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 Let me pray for you. Father, this morning, I thank you for the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Thank you today, Lord, for what you're about to do in this place. And Lord, we give you all the praise and the glory. Holy Spirit, you're the preacher and the teacher. You're the revealer of all truth. Thank you today for what you're going to do in the hearts and lives of men and women that have gathered here and those that are listening by way of social media and radio. Lord, we're quick to give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise for all that you're about to do. And we honor you today. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody together said amen and amen and amen. God bless you this morning. You can be seated. Let me just begin by saying this morning, if I can, that, that I love and I believe in the local church. I love the local church. I believe in the local church. And I know the church as a whole, uh, worldwide, the Big C Church as a whole, is in need of a lot of work because it's not perfect, but the God that we serve is. And I believe that the church is God's agent to bring restitution to the earth. The church is not the kingdom of God. It's the agent of God, sent by God, established by God, to bring restoration to mankind. So I'm not a critic of the church. I just want to get that out there first and foremost. I'm not a critic of the church. Even with all its flaws, I still believe in the local church. Uh, for me personally, some of you may not know, some, most of you probably do know, but for me personally, I was raised in church. And church was never an option in my family. <laughs> I, feel, I feel the love already. I grew up in a house where parents were not afraid of their children. I grew up in a house where parents had the authority. I was raised in a house where parents didn't leave spiritual matters to eight-year-olds. <laughs> I was raised in a house where parents didn't leave spiritual matters to teenagers. I was raised in church. I was brought up in a house that said, you're going to go to church? Come hell or high water, you're going to go to church. Back in those days in my later teenager years, I, of course, most of you know my hobby, I like to hunt. I was doing all those things and my mom would tell me, she said, I don't care if you come back in before church starts, you're going to church. You're going to go to church. I don't care if you come in grimy, greasy, nasty. You're under my roof, you're coming to church. 
because my house was not directed by eight-year-olds or teenagers that I grew up in. So I was raised in church, and that was the normal for me. That was normal because that's how I was raised. When I was being brought up, we didn't miss church because that was our culture. Church was our school of thought. It was the way we did things. It's the way we operated. Church was not an add-on in case we didn't have nothing else going on. Church was the priority. Let me put it to you the way we've been hearing things over the last couple of years. Church was essential. It was essential to our development. And so church was not something that we did when we didn't have nothing else to do. Church was something that my mom and my dad made sure, made sure that it doesn't matter. It don't matter if we got company coming. Guess what? You can come to church or you can sit there until we get back. We're going to church. I know some of y'all can't say amen right now because that may not have been your culture growing up. But I'm trying to say something to you this morning because place is important. And, and sooner or later, what we need to get back in what I call the, 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 the culture of, of the body of Christ, sooner or later, the church has to understand, the people of God have to understand that the church needs to become a priority. The church has to be a priority in your welfare. <laughs> Growing up in church, we were taught things like volunteerism. One of the things that we're lacking in America is the spirit of volunteerism. We were taught to serve. We were taught that being involved in community or local house was paramount to what God wanted to do in our lives. We were taught that no matter what the mission was of the church, no matter what the vision was for the church as a family, we were there to support its agenda. We were there to support the vision and the leadership of that house because it was our place. It was our place of assignment. It was our place of calling. It was our place where God had planted us. And because God had planted us there, how many know that whatever you've been assigned to, you should support? So, so we're living in a day now. I'm going to get somewhere here in just a moment. Just camp out with me for a moment. We're living in a day where Christians do not think that church is essential. We're living in a day where it's trendy not to go to church. And if we're not careful, we're going to lose the momentum of the church that literally has the only keys to restoration and revival in communities and cities and regions and territories. So we were taught those things. We, we understood or we understand that, that, let me just work with it for a moment here, and then I want to try to bring it out. We understand that through Scripture that God is a God of place. This concept, the way I was thinking about it this morning, this concept is interesting to me because that a God of place chooses things even though he's the owner of everything. It's interesting to me that God chooses a place even though he's owner of everything. The mere fact that God would choose something is amazing to me because whatever he chooses is already his. 
Whatever God picks, whatever God chooses, he already has. But God chooses a thing in order to place a distinction between one thing and another thing. So when it comes to the church, you have to understand that God chose the church to be distinctive. The church is not the Elks Club. It's not the Lions Club. The church is not an athletic club. (laughs) The church is the redeeming agent that God has called together to make a difference in the cities in which we live. So so when you when you when you begin to understand it, this will be on the screen for you. Genesis 1:9 says, He, meaning God, gathered all the waters together into one place. That speaks about the concept of order. God puts the right things in the right place at the right time. The the water was everywhere, and the dry land, watch, watch how this emerges. The dry land could not emerge until the water was in its place. That's that's the way when you read it in Scripture, water was everywhere and God had to put the water in its place so dry land could emerge. Are you tracking with me? He owns everything, but he chooses a place for things to manifest. Genesis 2.8, God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he placed a man, not just anywhere, but a specific place. He planted a garden east, eastward in Eden. He owns the whole world, but he chose a place to plant an ordered environment. Out of all the places on the planet, God chose eastward in Eden to plant a garden. To plant an ordered environment. And the voice of God would come to that ordered environment and speak to Adam. God can talk in any place, but he chose to speak in that place. God, God, God can plant a place anywhere, but he chose a place east of Eden. He can speak anywhere, but he chose to speak with mankind in that place, in that garden that he planted. Are you still with me? He chose a place partly because so that we could understand the concept of honoring God at the place of his choosing. He owns everything, but there's something about honoring the place that he chooses. He's the owner of everything, But there's something about honoring the place that God chooses and where God chooses to speak. I'm going to get with you in just a moment. Just keep track with me. I'm trying to give you a little bit of doctrinal theology here so you can understand where we're going. Because in our day, if you keep watching and listening to everybody around you, you're going to miss out on the importance of why you need to be in church. And and we are living in some strange days. We're living in some difficult days. And watch this. We're living in some flighty, crazy, unattached, believing kind of days where believers want to do their own thing when they want to do their own thing. And I just want to tell you, if you're not attached to a local house, if you're not a part of a local house, you, my friend, are out of order. (laughs) 
Praise the Lord. So, so by, the time, by the time we get to Noah's day, the whole world is filled with violence. Because Adam and Eve, because God had placed a garden and he planted mankind in that garden, because Adam and Eve dishonored the place, now corruption fills the earth. Dishonored, they dishonored the ordered environment. They dishonored the place where God would choose to speak. And every day his voice came into the garden. And when they, when they dishonored the place, they lost their environment. They lost the environment of God when they lost their place. Somebody said, well, that's Old Testament. That's true, but there's a principle here. We know that God can speak anywhere and at any time. God's not bound to a building. Just so you know, the church is not a building. I know we say we go in the church and all those things. I'll meet you at the church. I know all that. The church is not a building. The church is people. Okay, but, but there, there is an assembling of the church. There's an assembly of God's people that's called together. Now watch this, Proverbs 27, 8, just a few more scriptures. Proverbs 27, 8, this will be on the screen. As a bird wanders from its nest, so is a man who wanders from his place. The understanding is when you don't know how to honor place, then you begin to sacrifice your future. Because it's, it's, it's in that place, the bird, the nest, where the bird would lay its eggs. And if a bird would wander from its, from its nest, the eggs, the next generation, come on, y'all got to talk back to me. I know it's cold outside, but we ain't cold in here now. It, the, if, if we choose not to honor the place, then the next generation, what we're trying to give momentum to, what is in our future becomes susceptible to predators. When, 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 when we choose to leave the place that God has assigned us to, then what we do is we leave the next generation vulnerable for wide open attacks. The nest, the place, speaks about safety. It talks to us about security and when, where, there's, where there's a, a sense of protection and covering. But when you leave the house, when you leave the place, then you leave the place of covering. You leave the place of protection. And I know you glow in the dark and you speak in tongues and all those good things. But I'm telling you, if you're not attached, and I don't know why God would want this message to go out today of all days, because this is something I would probably want to preach in January when people are trying to get reconnected. But God is saying something in the midst of the earth today because we have too many disattached people in the body of Christ who are trying to do their own thing on their own time at their own will. And you cannot win cities. Watch me now. You cannot win cities. You cannot create movements of God into a territory with disconnected and disjointed people because I know you're anointed by yourself, but there's something more powerful with community. There's something more powerful with the corporate anointing that begins to put leverage into the domain of darkness and speaks back to the powers of hell. You may have had influence in this territory for a season, but there is a community. There is a common unity of people that are gathering together to say enough 
is enough and we are coming here to do business in the realm of the kingdom and to let the devil know your day of ruling and reigning is over and the manifestation of God's glory is going to cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. Come on, if you believe that, push on somebody telling it's about a place. It's about a place. It's about a place. It's about a place. I'm going to get to where I'm going. Just work with me for a moment. When a bird leaves its nest, okay, y'all don't like that. When a member leaves the church, now I'm not talking about dead, dried up churches. <laughs> if you're starving there, you better find somewhere. <laughs> I told, I told so a guy told me one time, he says, all, all your sheep, all my sheep are coming over to your pasture. I said, well, if you would feed them, they couldn't get through the fence. Because you can't just show up once every once, once a month and preach. <laughs> okay, okay. I can tell this is really going over well. Okay, I'm going to keep working here, okay? Cain and Abel, which, were, which was the offspring, the eggs, the seed, of Adam and Eve, when Adam and Eve left the garden, when they left the place of planting, when they left the place of choosing, their seed, their eggs, Cain and Abel became susceptible to predators. The nest, the place, speaks to us about the security of God's protection. There's... there. there there's no, I'm trying to help somebody understand. This is why you as a parent, stop giving your children options. Quit letting your children tell you how to do a thing. You are responsible for the spiritual development of your own child. You say, well, I don't know the word. I can't figure I'm not a preacher. It ain't about just you preaching. It's about putting them in the right environment. Putting them in the right place at the right time so that the word of God can be heard in their hearing. So that it begins to build a foundation in them. You think we just have children's church and nurseries and all that stuff? Back there, if you go back there to the two to four-year-olds right now, there's Bible lessons. Kids are being taught scripture while they're two years old. I know you got to give them a sucker to calm them down. But there's an environment there that begins to push the word of God down on the inside of them. So by the time they get to children's church, there's a foundation. By the time they come out of children's church and get into the youth, they're not plagued by all kinds of sin and setbacks and everything that wants to rob them of their identity. Now they have been placed in an environment. So you as a parent, quit letting your children determine what they want to do when it comes to spiritual matters. 
I know y'all going to get mad at me, but I don't care. I don't care. I'm just trying to say to you, you have a spiritual responsibility. Come on, Mom. Come on, Dad. you got to be the ones that make sure. Listen, I know you worked hard and you're tired. I get all that, but you ain't too tired to take them to ball practice. You ain't too tired to watch a ball game. You ain't too tired to drag them in and out of school activities. You get them to the place where they want to go, but all of a sudden you're too tired to get them in the church. And I'm trying to tell you, you are ruining your seat. You are cutting off your future when it comes to spiritual matters. Push on somebody. It's about a place now. It's about a place. It's about a place. It's about a place. When you wonder, am I preaching too loud? Is that, is that too loud out there? Because sometimes it's, it gets loud in here, and I just, you know, I, I, like, I like for it to blow what little bit of hair I got back left anyway. So I just want to feel it running through the veins of my neck and everywhere, you know. So, so it's about place. When you wander from your place, you lose security. You lose safety. And you lose the ability to reproduce a godly legacy. Now, I'm not picking on sports and all that. I'm a big sports fan. I've played sports my whole life. My girls, my girl, y'all heard last week, Vanessa didn't play sports. <laughs> Vanessa was not athletic. <laughs> Brittany played sports, and I can remember in those days, even as a teenager, she played girls softball. Didn't matter. We had youth group on Wednesday nights. We had church on Wednesday nights. As soon as you get through a practice, guess what? You coming. Am I right? Say a big amen right there, Brittany. Just confirm your dad right there. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Sometimes she come in here kicking and screaming. Why do I got to go to church? Because that's the environment that God has chosen to bring spiritual development to your life. And I know you're 15 and 16. You think you got the world under control. But guess what? As long as you're sleeping on my bed. <laughs> As long as you breathe in my air condition that I have to pay like $900 a month for. Guess what? You don't have a choice. God has built a system. I know this is more teaching than preaching, but just work with me. God has built a system in everything that he's created. A system that everything he created had to be connected to in order for it to function and prosper. He's built into the creative order. Everything that God has created, he has built a system in the creative order of everything he created so that whatever was in that system that he created could function properly and prosper. For example, fish have a system called water. If you take a fish out of water, what happens? Plants have a system called soil. You take a plant out of the soil, what happens? Stars and planets have a system. We call it the solar system. 
Guess what happens if it comes out of that system? Y'all ain't never seen a fallen star. You never seen a resurrected one. It dies. Animals have a system called Earth. Y'all ain't seen no animals on the moon. I know we're trying to find life, but we ain't found it yet. You can take a human heart out of a body, and if it don't get reattached to another body, that heart will stop functioning. The heart will die and the body will die. God has a system for his people. It's called the church. (laughs) Y'all going to catch me. And when you are disconnected from the church, guess what? You begin to die spiritually. You begin begin to drift off into your own world. You begin to drift off into your own idols. And I know I'm preaching to the choir with the majority of people in here, but I'm trying to set a precedent for where we are going because we're talking about building new buildings and we got everything moving in that direction on both sides of us. We're building new buildings. But ladies and gentlemen, we're not building new buildings just for about three or 400 people. We're building new buildings for thousands of people that will come through. But somebody's got to understand how the system works. Somebody's got to understand that what I'm plugged and planted into begins to produce life around me look with me in uh, 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 1 Corinthians chapter 12 guys throw it up there on the screen verse number 18 but now God has placed the members each one of them in the body just as he has desired notice that he puts members in place of his choosing I said, well, I just go where I want to go. Really? No, you really don't. God sets members in the body as he chooses. He sets people in the place of his choosing for his pleasure, for his purpose, and for his good. When people get out of place or they refuse to stay in place, they get frustrated. And they get confused. Let me put it to you this way. You have to sit where he set you. If you don't sit where he set, then you're going to get upset. Amen. I appreciate all the love I'm feeling in this house today. You can have an amazing experience, but if you don't get connected, your experience will eventually fade. You have to be connected to a place. Now, for all of us in here at New Harvest Church, the ongoing members here that's been here forever, we understand this. We get, a lot, we get visitors every week. We get people that come through every week. And, and when I get the chance or the opportunity to meet them, I love to say to them, I'm praying with you about where God wants to plant you. If he wants to plant you here, we rejoice over that. But if God chooses to plant you somewhere else, guess what? We rejoice over that. I had a guy text me this morning, said that we're not going to be in church. This is our place of choosing. He had no idea what I'm preaching on, but he texted me this morning. He says, we're not going to be there this morning because our son is being, be, becoming a member at another church, and we want to go there and celebrate with him. 
I said, amen. Go celebrate with him because the, the main thing is he's getting connected. He's getting planted. Amen. So we have to be careful that we don't communicate to our kids and to our family that events, extracurricular activity is on the same level as God's system. <laughs> if we reinforce that message into our children, they'll think that whatever they do is just as important as going to church. And I'm going to tell you something. Nothing is more important than you being connected in a local house. Nothing, on this, nothing in this planet is more important than that. Nothing. Nothing's more beneficial to you and your family than to be connected to a local house. That is the most, that is the most efficient thing that you can do to place yourself in an environment where God's word can be taught, where you can rub shoulders with other believers, where you can experience a family dynamic that's not like yours because it's easy to worship with people that are like you. It's easy to worship with people that have the same skin color as you. It's easy to worship with people who have the same background as you, same economic status as you. But what God does is, I don't care about none of that stuff because all that's immaterial. What matters to God is that when we come together, now I'm taking my anointing and I'm hooking up with your anointing. And your anointing is hooking up with their anointing. And it don't matter if we are a single parent mom or if we own 15 businesses. It don't matter to God because what he does is he begins to pull the strength of our anointing, not the appearance of our flesh or the work of our hands. He pulls the anointing together and we begin to push on the powers of darkness and we let the citizens around us know that there is a resident there is a place there is a place of God's choosing I love to watch my neighbors watch me when I leave my house they know I can time it every every Sunday they know where I'm going on Sunday they ain't wonder if I'm going to the lake if I'm going to the woods they know that boy right there is going to the house of God and it becomes a witness it becomes a message to those other citizens that you are not yet a part of what I'm a part of but guess what you get to see a living witness a visible example of something that is eternal push on somebody and say God chooses a place he chooses a place let me let me hurry up because before before I run out of time here okay are y'all doing all right look at your neighbor and say just breathe a little bit he ain't even started yet he'll get there in a minute just breathe we have to learn how to let our family and our children know that who we serve and what he came to build is more important than what we build. It's more important. I know listen, you're not going to hear this on your favorite whatever you listen to. This, this ain't popular preaching in today's society because you ain't getting blessed. You're getting schooled right now. You're getting schooled. <laughs> And so, so you say, oh, Lord. And some of you are thinking, man, I am a part of the church. Why is he fussing at me? I'm not fussing at nobody. I'm just trying to say we have a spiritual responsibility to make sure that the generations around us don't ever think that church is a byproduct. We have a spiritual responsibility to not let the enemy break momentum in the house of God. Because it's only through the corporate, the, the community, the, 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 the common unity of God's people 
that we have power to break strongholds. And there are some strongholds in your family lineage. There are some things that you have that, that you that you didn't ask for, but you inherited. There's things that are coming against you every day in life. And there are some things that you are anointed to deal with. You're anointed to overcome. You're anointed to cast out. But there are some strongholds that takes a commune of unity. It takes a, 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 a focused effort of God's people coming together. That's why when we want to have prayer time, it's not time for you to say, well, I don't feel it. It ain't about what you feel. It's about what you need to put your body into an environment where you can be set free from. Okay, okay, so, 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 so let, me, let me just work it this way. You may be a believer, but if you remove yourself from the system, you begin to lose your testimony. You begin to lose your passion. And after a while, you begin to lose your desire for the things of God. And when, when you live in a transient generation of believers... You have a generation with no firm root system because they haven't been planted, therefore they're rootless. And we know this just in the natural, that, that the fruit on a tree is the result of the root system. If you got good fruit, it's because you got some good roots. If you don't like the fruit, you got to help the root. Our text said that the birds of the air find a place to lay its eggs and to raise its youngs. The word picture is that the church is a good place to be. It's a place for families to gather. I want you all to know I'm preaching way out of my element. I am more devil stomping environment, control, overthrowing strongholds and gates of enemies. But I'm trying to build a family structure that lets the enemy know, you come up in this house, it'll be the, wor- the world's, it'll be a world-class mistake. Because <laughs> we are not intimidated by what we've been called to conquer. Right? So our text describes this, that the church is a place for children and families to come to be gathered together so that we can grow together and we can be nurtured together because we want to produce good fruit. And something happens when you fall in love with the place of your assignment. Now, let me just switch gears here just to, just to help us out. I know this is really off, but I'm trying to get to somewhere that I think that what God is saying to us. When Jesus introduced the church in Matthew 16, he said, he said, I'm going to build my church, and I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Pastor Carlos talked about that at all for time. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. He said, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. Watch this now. He was indicating that the church would have authority. Somebody shout the church. The church would have authority on earth to manifest God's kingdom in the world, right? Now, here's what I want you to catch. Don't miss this. Jesus 
was not giving the keys of the kingdom to Peter. That's who he was talking to. But he's not giving the keys to the kingdom to Peter or to any other disciple alone. Nor does God give you the keys to the kingdom alone. He gives keys to the church. He gives keys to the ecclesia, the called out ruling body of believers. He's giving his keys to a church, a collective community. He was stating that, that God's invisible kingdom would be unlocked on earth through the ministry of the visible church. Some of y'all look at me like, I thought I had some keys. You got some keys. I'm talking about serious kingdom business right here. I'm talking about where we as a church, God does, listen, I, I, know, I know you prophesy, I know you glow in the dark, I know you sing like an angel, I, I get all that. I, I'm not saying nothing about your, your, your talents and your gifts and, and all those things, but I'm saying what God does is he don't give the keys to the kingdom to unlock the powers of hell to an individual. He gives them to his church. He gives them to his ecclesia, somebody that is planted. So watch this. If you're not planted... You don't have keys. Woo. If you're not planted in the local house, if you're not a part of the ecclesia, you don't have keys. It's not that if you die, you wouldn't go to heaven. You just go there beat up. Really quiet in this Presbycostal church right now. Every... Genuine church congregation throughout every generation in the world is a visible witness to the unsaved community. And God gives the ecclesia keys. When we gather together, that's why, listen, when we come together as a church, when we come together to the place of his choosing, we don't come here to spectate. Can I just be pastor for a moment? We don't come here to watch the singer sing. We come here to worship. We come here to pray. We come here to, lear, we, we come here to learn the preaching of God's word. We come here to intercede. Just because you were in a worship service don't mean you worshiped. Come on, talk to me up in here. You say, well, I'm just tired. I'm just going through some stuff. Listen, your, your emotions cannot dictate the will of God. Because if you're, if you're always tied to your emotions, you'll only worship when you feel like it. And I'm going to tell you something. Most of the times in my life, I don't feel like worshiping God. Most of the times in my life, I don't feel like jumping. I don't feel like skipping. I don't feel like quoting scriptures. But there is a part of me that understands there's an environment around me. There's something that I can tap into and say, this is what the devil meant for my life. But God has a better plan over my life. And I want to help us understand. I'm trying to help this church to get free. Look at your name and say, you're way too tense. You're way too tense. You are way too tense. Listen, because I know living in Clouston, if you've been brought up here, people look around and say, well, I don't want them to think something about me. See, that's your problem. You think way too much of yourself than what you ought to be thinking about. The Bible says that Jesus made no reputation of himself. I don't care what you think about me. I don't care how you feel about me. At the end of the day, the bottom line is God is great, and he's greatly to be praised. And I don't care if you 
want to sit there and be bored. I don't care if you want to sit there and not say nothing. That ain't on me. That's on you. Because at the end of the day, I'm going to praise him. And I don't care if they got a banjo and a tambourine. I'm going to give God praise at the end of the day. Because when we gather together, we are driving back the enemy. We're driving back. And, and I, get, I get wore out I get because I got a lot of friends. I got people all over this community, and I, I watch them go to, and I hear about, and they just sit there like, well, you know, I don't, it, it ain't, I, I don't really praise. Listen, listen, you, you can praise. I'm not saying you got to dance and do what Pastor Porter does. Only young men can do that. I ain't saying that. I throw something out the first time I jumped off them steps, something be broke inside of me. I get all, I ain't talking about all, I'm talking about the attitude of your heart that says, I came in here giving God praise. I didn't get here to get, I'm not waiting on them to fix me up. I'm not waiting on them to build me up. I came in here because I'm a praise in the earth unto God. It's what I am. So we come, we gather together, we gather together to worship. And when you are a believer and you don't worship, there ought to be a shame on you. Shame on you when all you can do is look around. Shame on you when you're more concerned about what others are thinking about you. And the chances are ain't nobody thinking about you. Ain't nobody thinking about you because nobody really cares. <laughs> so we come here to learn. That's why I say you ought to bring your Bible. Bring a device. You ain't got to take every note down, but take something down that hits your spirit. Type something in or write something down when it hits your spirit. Just sit there and fold your arms like you can't learn nothing. You are way above God. Somebody said, I ain't never come back to that church again. I ain't never. This is my first and last time, or this is my hundredth time and last time. I ain't coming back. We come together and we pray. Listen, I, I told you a couple weeks ago, my theology on healing is God heals them all. That's my, my, my theology. I ain't backing up on that. I don't care if you roll a casket down here and you want me to pray for it. Guess what? I'll say, in the name of Jesus, lay hands. I can't tell you how many caskets I laid hands on just waiting for a miracle, just waiting for somebody to jump up. It don't bother me. But the moment I say, well, I don't know if it's a listen, it's all, it is always, let me say it, it is always, it is always the will of God. don't have time to back up on healing just because somebody didn't get healed. I can't, un- I can't explain God, but I can sure trust his character. I, I-, I, can't- I-, I don't always know the direction that God's moving, but I can follow him and just know at the end of the day, all things come together and it makes sense. So we pray. We pray for one another. We bear one another's burdens. We serve one another. It's what the church does. It's what the church does. And if you're just hitting and missing about once every six weeks, guess what? You ain't attached to nothing. Go to your job once every six weeks. See how much you get done. Somebody said, well, we got like 10 minutes left and he's going to be done. We get up out of here. It's a place where we model to our children. Kids running all back in there. My heart's cry going into this season, this generation. I said, God, let 
let, let our kids, I call them our kids, let our kids, all of our kids, let our kids see miracles like I've seen them. Let them feel God's presence like I felt it. Let them know what it's like to lay on the altar and weep until you ain't got enough strength to get up anymore. I know we live in a fast-paced microwave society. We ain't got time for all that, right? But I'm going to tell you something. It's going to affect your family. It's going to affect your family. Good or bad, it's going to affect your family. Sooner or later, sooner or later, your family is going to, your family is going to produce what's been put in them. Then when our kids get 18, 19 years old and they don't want nothing to do with church, they don't want to come to church, they don't want to have nothing to do with church, well, guess what? Somebody trained them. Then you can blame it on the world. You can blame it on the devil. I'm going to tell you something. The world's going to do what it does and the devil's going to do what he does, but the church better do what it should be doing. Amen. Amen. So, so let, me, let me just get to this. Let me, let me give you a few of these points here. Are y'all doing all right? Okay, so... You can tell I'm pretty passionate. I'm not mad. I'm just intense. I point this out to you because we had this thing, and I know all all the English people are about to get on me, but we had this thing, what I call a de-churchification. I know it's not a word. I know it's not a word. I know de-churchification is not a word. It, it, It should be a word, but it's not a word. So God gives me the ability to make up words. That's just my creative side. <laughs> I just got a creative way of thinking. You know, I pray in the Holy Ghost and he gives me a word. I just blame it on the Holy Ghost. De-churchification. We got this de-churchification of a generation. Watch this now. All over our city, all over our neighborhoods, there are believers waking up every, believers, hear what I just said. There are believers waking up every Sunday morning with no desire to be at the place of planning. That's why it becomes an option. Now, I grew up, my dad was in the military, but by the time I came along, he was out of the military, but I grew up, my mom was in a spiritual military force. My mom actually has German in her. Get up and I give you. That's the way I grew up in our home. Like, like you go, eat your cereal and read the Bible. She put us in this environment. So, and she wasn't training us for now, then, for now, then. She was training us for now, now. Yeah? Recent polls, this will be on the screen. Recent polls over the last several years, it's probably changed a little bit because this is about two or three years old. Recent polls have revealed that 73% of Americans claim to be Christian, while at the same time, only 31% actually attend church. One out of three actually attend, and they only attend one time every six weeks. And then we get up and say, we're going to take a city. (laughs) You can't even take your bedroom. You can't even take your bed. Like your bed's holding you down on Sunday morning. Y'all not going to help me. We're going to overthrow. We're going to have revival. Well, what's that going to look like? 
What's revival going to look like? I mean, you only come once every six weeks. What's revival going to look like? Just come when it's convenient? Praise the Lord. There's this epidemic, and I'm, I'm working, I'm not mad at nobody, I'm, I'm after a spirit, y'all understand, I'm after a spirit, I'm after a spirit that's trying to, 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 to breed that into believers' lives, because what it does is, if, if, it, if, if, it, if it puts itself, presents itself enough, it's like, if you tell a lie long enough, eventually you begin to believe it, and that spirit is pushing in to the church to disconnect people. Now, it's good, it's, and we, we do it, we're live streaming, we're, 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 you know, if we have, I, st- I still think we've been, sh- we're shadow banned, so we don't get to go everywhere on social media, they still, they got us locked down because, you know, because we're being censored and all those kind of things, but, but, but I, I believe in social media, I believe in the church being on social media, but I'll tell you something, social media is not the church. And I know there's, 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 there's famous people that are doing it. I'm just telling you, that's against Scripture. It's a blessing when you can't be here when you're at work. There's people right now that love this house, they're part of this house, and they can't be here because they're working, that they can catch it on social media. That's a blessing. But the moment they're free, they're in church. Okay. So, so all over the city, there are families, believers, that don't see the necessity of being planted. I'm not talking about the unsaved. I'm talking about Christians who say they love God, but don't make what he loves a priority. Now, maybe you grew up in a culture where it wasn't important to you. Guess what you got to do? You got to retrain your mind. Your mind has to be renewed. In fact, Romans says the only way that you can prove what the will of God is, it comes to a renewed mind. If your mind don't get renewed, guess what? You never prove what the will of God is. The will of God is always proved through a renewed mind. When your mind begins to think like God. Amen. Okay, so, so look at your neighbor and say, he's still stuck on de-churchification. Just tell him, just tell him. He's still stuck. De-churchification causes you to be rootless. Now, here's a scripture. Here's a scripture that we always use. Hebrews 10.25. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as a habit of some but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Don't forsake. These ain't my words. These are God's. Don't forsake the assembling. Don't forsake the gathering. Don't forsake the commitment. I'm not talking about people who are working. I'm talking about you laying at home. I'm talking about you putting other things in front of God. Okay. Okay, I, feel, I don't feel much love there. I got like three amens. The rest of y'all are like, well, whatever. When there's no place of planning, then you become subject to anything. And I found this out. Listen, I have helped people at this altar pray for God to give them a breakthrough in business. I've helped, I've helped people. I've, I've stood and fasted for people to have breakthrough in their businesses. And then God gives them a breakthrough in their businesses, and they begin to make money. Now, all of a sudden, they got options. And then they don't come to church as much as they used to. That ain't God. The more successful you become, the more you better press. Because I'll tell you, all God's got to do, and he won't do it, 
But all, all he's got to do is just pull back the covering, and Satan will come in like a flood. And he'll overthrow everything you put your hands to. I'm not saying God's going to do that. I'm not, saying, I'm not trying to put judgment on it. I'm just saying there's a priority of the things of God. And when we don't honor what he honors, then there's no room in the middle but dishonor. You dishonor what he honors. Amen? Okay, so, 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 so we have to be careful because the Bible says there's a way that seems right unto man. But the end thereof is destruction. Watch, there's a way. It, 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 it seems right. It's, so we do it because it seems right, but it don't mean it's right. It just seems right. That's why you've got to have, you have a family. You've got you, you to have a covering. You've got to have shepherding. Okay. Okay. All right. Let me, let me, let me get to these few points here before we, we run out of time. Are y'all doing all right? Okay. All right, this is, this is what, guys, just try to track with me. I'm jumping through some stuff here because I want to get to the meat of what I want to say, and then we're going to go home and rejoice because we came to church today. <laughs> the book of Psalms said, begins with a profile and a pattern on how we live a blessed life. This is what it said. We read it. We read it. We read it in Psalms chapter 1. It reveals us three profiles to a blessed life. Number one, holy and righteous living. Number two, interacting with the word of God, meditating on the word of God day and night. And being planted. Those are three successful ingredients to prosper in life. The word planted literally indicates to us that when something gets planted, it did not get there by itself. It got planted there on purpose. It didn't just like spring up. Something planted it there. The word planted literally means to be set in place in a particular position. God planted a garden, and then he put man in what he planted. Because man can hear God best in the environment that God planted. Man can hear God in the environment of good. It's not that you can't hear God on your job or in your home. I'm not, I'm, that, that, that's a byproduct. I'm talking about the local house. God plants local houses in territories, become a place of his choosing so that you can, when, when, when you feel like the heavens are like brass and there's no word from heaven, you can come to his house and there will be a word that can be released that begins to either identify or begin to push you in the right direction because that's the place of his choosing. Amen. Okay, now watch this. Here we go. This, these are the next things right here. Because the Garden of Eden, it was an environment. It was, it, was, it was an atmosphere. It was the environment of God. Man was set in the best possible position so that growth could occur. So God established his church so that people could grow in a community that will best benefit their life, and their legacy. That's why it's never optional. Now, all the believers that come regularly, you should be saying amen because you're fostering an environment to people around here that are struggling. Okay, I'm going to say it again. (laughs) 
all the believers that are an ongoing part of the church that come regularly, you should be saying amen. Because you're fostering an environment. Because when you become silent, they think it's right to be silent. This, 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 this is how we move the kingdom. Apart from your idea and your agenda. Church was not your ideas. It was God's. It was God's idea to grow his people to push on the powers of darkness. Okay, here's the last thing right here and we're going to go. When you're planted, then things begin to take place. Number one, you come into a fruitful season. Proper, proper timing is released in our lives and we don't miss God's timing. Number two, leaves don't wither. God's glory doesn't diminish. God's glory doesn't get diminished. There's a constant flow of God's release in our lives. And the anointing flows continuously. Then he says you prosper. That word prosper literally means to be successful. It means to experience prosperity, to advance and move forward, to break out, to go over. It means to literally bring you into a state of dominion. That's God's desire. That's God's design for our lives. That's why there has to be this pressing in to being planted. And in the day and age that we live, casual Christianities, casual Christians become casualties. Pastor Porter, you can come on up here. Casual Christianity become a casual. The church is always going to be here. We're going to pray and do what we do because that's what we do. But for us to keep praying people out of cycles and you don't change your patterns, it's almost a futile prayer. You ever pray for somebody and when they walk away say they're going to be right back? They're going to be right back in here because they, they're not willing to break what it takes to break that cycle out of their life. And the church is always going to be here. We're going to keep doing it. I'm, I'm saying we're not going to change who we are. That's what we called to do. But I'm talking about mature believers when you begin to mature in the things of God. Woo. Amen. Amen. So there has to be this place of planting so that we can begin to see the power of God begin to move. And I've got some points here, but I'm not going to give them to you today. And I just felt a good amen on that one right there. Amen. Amen. I'm not going to give them to you today, but, but, but here's what I want to close with because I want, I want this last scripture. Guys, if you can find Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles chapter 7. It's the very last scripture that I sent to you today. Here, here's, here, here's, here's what I know about church life, okay? Please don't walk out of here and feel like you're being... Con- damned or being scolded. It's not about that. I I attack spirits. I attack spirits because I don't give no room for that junk in my life. I attack it. And and if I'm the shepherd over this house, I attack it over this house. I go after it like one of my children were in jeopardy. If you are a sheep, then you have to have a shepherd. Watch this. Wolves don't have shepherds. Wolves don't have shepherds. Only sheep. Sheep have shepherds. We all are sheep in the body of Christ. 
And all of us has to have a shepherd. You say, well, what about you? You're a shepherd. Trust me, I've got a shepherd in my life. My, 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 my shepherd, Bishop Miller, when he passed away in January, a year and a half ago, whenever it was, January 2021, when Bishop Miller, he was my, he was my protection, he was my covering. When he passed away, I had to flounder for months. But, but I, knew, I knew I couldn't stay uncovered. I knew I couldn't stay without a shepherd. So now I've got a shepherd in my life that's speaking into my life. Because I don't care how successful or how far you go, you are never without the need of a shepherd. And let me, let me say this to, to, to people in here that, that maybe you make more money than your preacher. You still need a shepherd. And, and I've watched churches get blown out of the water because business people begin to try to dictate the will of God. And I will tell you, I passed that money test years ago and I watched business people walk out of here because I'm not going to be controlled or manipulated by your money. I'm not going to do it. I've had people say, and I, I'm not going to be controlled or manipulated by your prejudice. I've had people walk out and say, well, I'm just going to go. If, you, if, you, if you're not going to deal with all them black folks coming in here and all them Hispanic, then I'm just going to leave. I said, listen, don't let the door hit you because I ain't going to change on who we are called to be. And I watched them walk out. And you know what? The church is better off. The church is more powerful. And the church has grown. Because you're never without a need of a shepherd. We all need it. We all need it. We need it because we need to be held accountable. Because we can all get sideways, right? Here's the last scripture. Come on, stand to your feet if you would. We're going to go right here. 2 Chronicles chapter 7. Guys, can you find that? Can you throw it up there for me? I don't want to have to turn there. It's the last scripture I sent to you. 2 Chronicles chapter 7. There we go. Okay. I didn't see it back there. Oh, there it is. Okay. Okay. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon at night, and he said to them, said to him, I've heard your prayer, and I've chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. If I shut up the heavens so that there's no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, and my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray. Seek my face. Turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I'm going to bring healing to their land. Last verse. Now my eyes will be open, and my ears attentive to the prayer offered in this place. You see that? For now I have chosen and consecrated this house or this place that my name may be there forever and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. What's he saying to us? If we really want God to heal our land, we have to honor his place. And I believe all over America, all over America, God needs some Holy Ghost places where His name is honored. I believe all over this community. I just met with those, all, most of the pastors that we could get together the other day. And I said, guys, God's going to do something in our community. Don't give up ship now. 
Keep fighting. Keep throwing, keep throwing everything you got. Keep feeding ammunition to your guns and keep firing off because God is not finished. God's going to honor what we honor. And God will hear our cry. This is what I felt coming in today. I know it's, this is weird, and I know it's really pastorally and very strategic in the way I'm saying it. But I believe God wants to release things over your life in this season. I believe supernatural things are going to be released. I, I heard, I know it's March madness because of the basketball season, but I heard March is a month of miracles. March is a month of miracles. And I've just been working on that because I just feel like, because God wants to release a miracle, but we're going to honor God. Amen? So come on, right there where you are, throw your hands up and just begin to magnify Him. Come on, all over the building, just begin to praise Him right there. We're going to pray. We're going to pray because His, His, His ears are attentive to the prayers that are offered in this place. His eyes are attentive to the prayers that are offered in this place. Come on, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? How bad do you want the things of God to move in your life? Don't take it for granted. Don't take it for granted. Lift your voice and begin to cry out, God, in my neighborhood, in my family, right here, I want the power of God to move. I want God to move in my family. I want to have a place where I can invite family and friends. I want a place where signs and wonders, healing and miracles are such a common occurrence. God, we believe. God, we believe. We believe now. We believe. Come on, we're going to pray a radical prayer. Whatever you believe in God for, put it up in the atmosphere of this place. Put it up in the atmosphere. Put it up in the atmosphere of this place. Signs and wonders. God, turn it. God, turn it. Financial turnaround. Healing in my body. Healing in my family. Healing flowing through my children. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.